You're listening to the Paul Prosize Podcast. And now Paul Prosize. Guys, today we are going to be talking about another hot topic issue. Cancel culture. What is it? What's going on within the cancel culture? How did we get here? First, let's talk about some history of cancel culture and understanding what it really is. We hear the term cancel culture. It can be defined many ways, just depending on who's wielding it, right? So understanding what that is, often you hear the term social justice attached to it. We're just in it for social justice. As so many claim, when they use canceling of somebody or something, So let's go back to that. We started seeing the term social justice used prominently about 175, excuse me, oh gosh, about 175 years ago. Apologize for that. And it really came out of a movement. um, Well, there's several, there's several areas in which we started seeing that term emerge. There was a group um, of Catholics that um, were seeing the state emerge as self-seeking, self-serving, right? So back then, um, what they looked around and saw was that the church really wasn't doing a whole lot to help. And so what does the church typically do if they're doing it right? They look within Scripture to draw inspiration. And so um, that, and if you really look at the concept of social justice in its beginning, it was actually a very conservative movement. It's pretty interesting that this has been culturally appropriated, which is hilarious to me. If you pay any attention to cultural appropriation ideals you're saying that you stole your ideas your identities your culture from some other culture and appropriating it for yourself so often the left accuses people of doing something that they're actually guilty of doing themselves so it is kind of funny when i started looking into this and learning more about social justice and the origins of it that was actually a very conservative thing. And a lot of the language within social justice kind of rings in my head because some of the things that they say, truth and justice, we're in for it, rings true. So that brought me to remembering what it says. And I'm and I'm going to get a little bit, um, well, I'm just going to read from the Bible <laughs> because I think you need to understand where this comes from and where it began. And then we can move on and talk about what's going on today. But in Micah 6, starting at verse 6, it says, What shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings and calves a year old? This is traditional in the Jewish culture. To repent of their sins, they would do these things. And so he's asking, hey, what do I do to be a better person, basically? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and 10,000 of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions? He's saying, how can I, how can I be better? How can I 
make up for what I've done wrong. And then he says this. He says, he's told you, old man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? This is what they're saying. This is the, this is the spot that so many people that social justice work came from. This idea right here. What has he told you, O man? What is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? That's very simple. Do justice, be humble, be kind. Truth, justice, mercy, kindness, humility, some people will say in that. So you don't have to believe in God or anything like that. I'm not asking you to in this conversation, at least. I'm asking you to understand where this movement started. And it started like a lot of things. People trying to do the right thing comes from a center of spirituality, especially in history. And so it emerged from the church trying to do good for their communities trying to help them emerge from poverty or whatever it was. And so you saw factions in the church, within the Catholic church and just other um, degrees of churchdom back then, that they were trying to fix things socially. And it was a very conservative movement at the time. Years later, what happens is just as you see liberal, the term liberal, liberal was actually fairly conservative mindset. It's been appropriated by the left because if you can't beat them, you steal their language and make it your own. In a sense, you see that in the foundation of America when you hear like Yankee Doodle Dandy or some tunes like, the Star Spangled Banner, those were taken over or used or even stolen to tell the story of whatever song. And you did that because you're saying, we are taking over this. This is our thing. And we're applying this to our new values, whatever they are. So over time, and I know you're probably not going to like hearing this, the left stole the ideas from the right and then made them into something completely different. So they virtually signaled, hey, we're, 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 we're for social justice too. And then they started applying their progressive ideals to this language. And then social justice became something completely different than what it had originally been. But that's the history of social justice. And, and then social justice eventually became, has become this progressive mantra of whatever they have said it is at that time. It's kind of hard to pin down at times because that term is used very often, often to shame somebody or to say somebody's evil. And so they're going to get their justice So if we start from there and understand that, that social justice moves into cancel culture. What we're saying today. Cancel culture is nothing new either. And it's not specifically 
a leftist weapon or, or thing, if you apply that language and look back in history, there's a lot of things that have been canceled. A lot. If I can be nuanced for a second, maybe a culture that you may not understand, but if I can explain it just for a second. In the Christian music industry in the, eight, the 1980s, 90s time frame, CMA, uh, Christian Music Association, was basically controlling of all distribution of music at the time. And before the internet and all that kind of stuff, uh, and really the availability of, of more music, of course, we all remember going to the record stores, the music stores, to buy our stuff, to buy our CDs, buy our cassette tapes, buy our records. And so they were popular artists, one of them being, and you may not know who this is, like Sandy Patty. So Sandy Patty was a singer, is a singer. She's still active, I guess. But she had an affair. Well, you just don't do that in the Christian world. And it, it was bad, and she, she came out and she told the truth. And, but what happened was that she was canceled, if we're using today's language. She was canceled from that culture. She was no longer able to have her songs played on the radio. They all came out, pastors came out saying that they would never have her stuff in their churches. They would never, I mean, she was removed from most Christian bookstores. And this happened with many other artists. So cancel culture is not, <clears throat> excuse me, is not specific to just the left. There is periods of time where people are canceled. If you if you remember back to the 80s during the the HIV crisis especially when that was really emerging, you saw lots of people on the right being nasty, horrible, terrible to the gay community specifically because it was thought to be just a gay disease. So you saw people being super nasty from the right or from the conservative perspective, I guess. A lot of times this is stuff based on fear. People don't understand what's going on, so they react in fear or ignorance, and they become hateful. So cancel culture, in my estimation, oftentimes comes from a place of hate, fear, misunderstanding or desire to control something. When you combine all of those things, I think what you, what you see is what's going on with the left right now. They're operating in a hateful way. They're operating in a way that they need to control the narrative, control the mindsets, control culture. And some of it's just sheer ignorance when you start really talking to them and trying to understand what they're, they don't understand. There's lots of things you can find interviews from like Will Witt from PragerU going on man on the street. And you can always do so like I've done some man on the street videos and you can selectively edit it to make things look worse than what they really are. So I want to preface that, but you see Will Witt go out there and interview people and say, how many people have been killed by police 
and they'll, you know, or how many black people have been killed this year. And the answers vary from hundreds to thousands. It's crazy. When that couldn't be further from the truth, but because you have a narrative out there of this cancel culture, this social justice push, the narrative gets skewed. People operate in fear and then misunderstanding. So there's a lot of misunderstanding, miseducation on, on, on issues. And then you can use that to your advantage to advance your agenda. It's a very conscious thing that the left is doing. And so what I will hope to do is to educate you just a little bit on these things. It is pretty interesting, this whole idea of cancel culture coming and stemming from a social justice perspective. It is pretty interesting you see that. Um, there's, there's some great books on this uh, phenomenon as well. Uh, Michael Rechtenwald, Rechtenwald. He is a former Marxist professor from NYU. He was in the wokey woke state. He was part of that. He pushed that agenda. But he retired recently and started writing books and where he really was trying to understand the, the, the history and the social history and all this stuff. And so he started writing some books and he noticed some things in culture and the trend of, of what was going on in the wokey woke left. So he wrote a book called Google, Google Archipelago. That's a really interesting book. You need to read that. Then Springtime for Snowflake, Snowflakes. And what I'm currently reading right now is called Beyond Woke. And it has some really good ideas in here. I, I had been thinking prior to reading some of these books that, man, a lot of the language from the left really does feel like a religious thing. And then I read in, uh, I think it's chapter eight in Beyond Woke, um, the pattern is clear, led by a religious zealot or two, shunning begins. And this is how you get cancer culture. When you start pointing out people, when you point your finger at them, and it's kind of this religious thing. If you hearken back to the Salem witch trials, you had ultra-religious people acting badly in the name of religion to carry out something very bad. And it just kind of feels to me that the religion of the left, the anti-religion religion, if you don't belong to this, we are going to call you out and make you believe what we believe. And I really do feel like this movement of social justice you must fall in line. You must do this or we will cancel you. Really does feel, feel to me like a religious movement. So Michael Rechtenwald says, the pattern is clear, led by a religious zealot or two. Shunning begins with the zealot's finger pointing and shaming of the soon-to-be outcast individual. It relies on a mob mentality and the introduction of the desired behavior towards toward the, the accused by herd compliance and mimicry. So it relies, the left relies on herd mentality <laughs> to get the job done. Does this sound familiar? 
the Black Lives Movement, if you don't have a, a black square on your profile picture, if you don't have a header on your website, if you haven't given millions of dollars, you mega conglomerate, mega corporation, if you haven't given millions of dollars to BLM, you're a racist company. If you vote for Trump, you've seen this on Twitter, if you vote for Trump, you're a racist. There's no wiggle room. Jamil says this from the Atlantic. A reporter, a journalist says, if you vote for Trump, you're a racist. There is no wiggle room. Trying to cancel out you because you're a Trump supporter. How's that working out for you? You're a racist for voting some way. You're not black unless you vote for Joe Biden. You're not black unless you vote for me. <laughs> or you ain't black was what Joe Biden said. The cancel culture, the the um, the put pointing of fingers, at calling people racist if you don't fall in line in the name of social justice, of course. Bertrand Russell, look into him. He's got some interesting things to say. You don't have to agree with him. I certainly don't know all things. But the collective fear stimulates herd instinct and tends to produce ferocity towards those who are not regarded as members of the herd. Put on your mask. You are killing your whatever. Sound familiar? It is pretty interesting that we're seeing this fervent and anger and hate on social media platforms if you speak out against it's scary for me to think that putting this stuff out there I can be part or targeted towards this I can be targeted by the left and the wokey wokers because I I'm just saying, hey, this is this is what I'm seeing. This is what I believe. This is these are the things that I'm seeing that are super troubling. One of the big ringleaders in this movement has, of course, been the New York Times. Recently, they've been targeting all kinds of conservatives and just people that are outspoken. I I actually don't watch Fox News ever. I don't. It doesn't confirm my bias. In fact, it pretty much infuriates me. It feels more like a, I don't know, just feels weird watching those news channels, CNN and MSNBC. I just, I, I just don't like watching them. They're overproduced, fully scripted, just weirdness. So I don't, I don't watch those big mo uh, media things, Fox and all those. So I don't know, I really don't know Tucker Carlson or what he says or things. I don't follow, I mean, I follow them on Twitter. 
but what I do see is an alarming trend of people being targeted. And recently the, the New York times has started to work on doxing him. He's already been doxed once. That's a disturbing thing in the interest of social justice, because we need to control the narrative, control the language. And if you speak out, we're going to point our finger at you and get the herd after you. And then the left is looking back into history and saying, what else can we call racist? There's actually been a few things. They've realized that they're their they're hero for a hundred years. Woodrow Wilson. Oh my gosh. He's actually a terrible person. He was an actual terrible person. But in their sweep of everything of history, they are trying to take down statues of whatever. I actually don't think that we need to take down statues, even if they're the most abhorrent person. Put those things in the in a museum so we can remember our history. We can remember the things that we hate about our, ha- our past. Because we need to try to do better. We need to always work on being better as a society, as a people. And if you just tear down all the things that you don't like now, then I think you're doing a disservice. And the funny thing is a lot of the, like, the Confederate statues weren't even put up right after the Civil War or anything like that. They were put up in the 60s by the left. <laughs> this is why I personally think that part of it they're doing, they're trying to scrub their history so people can, can't can point at them and say, this is who you are, this is what you are about. So we've got this cancel culture pushing through, and now we've got the New York Times posting the personal stuff of Tucker Carlson and outing his family and putting his family in danger. And if I see anybody on the right doing this, I'm going to call them out because you don't do that. You don't endanger somebody's family just because they don't agree with you. That is some Nazi-like behavior. That is fascistic in its nature. The anti-fascists that show up and act nothing but fascistic from the social justice crowd reeks of hypocrisy. If you step out of line, like somebody who I really like, Dave Rubin of the Rubin Report, who is on the ultra left regular on the young Turks. You can't be anything, but basically a Marxist and a leftist to be on the young Turks to be, to have a show with that organization. You, and then he decided that what he was doing and pushing was not something he wanted to be aligned with anymore. And he started having other viewpoints on his radio show on his TV show or whatever it is on, on YouTube. It's awesome. He says that his awakening moment really was when he had Larry Elder on. You need to watch that episode. It's, it's fantastic. 
because it destroyed the narrative of the left and the, the social justice movement in Dave's mind. And he was able to start reforming his mind a little bit on some of these things. He's somebody that I don't agree with Dave Rubin. I don't agree with everything he says and I don't agree with all of his stances, but I love to listen to people that I don't understand or don't, don't agree with. And he's being honest. He calls himself a classical liberal sucks that he has to quantify himself like that, but he does because he does not want to be associated with the cancel culture of the left that's going on right now. Of course, he's try- he, they've tried to cancel him as well. But the New York Times is, is pushing for all of this cancel, cancel culture. We've seen many employees from the New York Times leave recently because they can't get on board with what's going on. They've called for the destruction of all the statues and all this stuff. But at the same time, they are not willing to look into their own history. I mean, if we're looking into history, why don't we call out true injustices? When did the New York Times start? Did you know that the New York Times was in bed with the Civil War's Confederacy? People of the extended family of the Ox, Bertha Levy, the mother of the Times Patriarch, who was Adolf Ox. Oh, how can you be named Adolf? Isn't that racist? Isn't he basically a Nazi? Of course not, it's just a name. But it turns out that they supported the South and the slavery. She was caught smuggling medicine to the Confederates in a in a in a baby carriage of her brother Oscar joined and then joined who joined the rebel army. I'm reading a little bit from the New York Post, by the way. He says last last Sunday I record recounted the Bertha, the mother. So he's he's basically Michael Goodwin is saying, Hey, look, look what we found. Why aren't they being canceled? Why why isn't why is there this massive hypocrisy going on? Now do I think that the Times need to be canceled? No. Just cancel your subscription. If you don't want to read their their smut, that's true cancel culture. Just do it. With your dollars, just whatever. Just don't don't read them if you don't like them. It's okay. So there's troubling history with the New York Times. There's troubling history, of course, with the left, but they're trying to remove all of that because then they would have to admit that they are terrible as well. <laughs> you look deep enough into history, you're going to find a problem with anything you're associated with. So... The act of going back and learning from things, I think, is is fantastic. You should do that. But the act of going and trying to associate people of today with things that happened 150 years ago can be dangerous. Unless you are perpetuating that ideal still, people are saying that the white, peop- the white man is, is racist because of slavery. It's an absurd notion. 
Of course there's racists. I've said this before. Of course there's racists. Of course there's people that do and are horrible. So I just I just think that we need to have a good narrative around these things. Understand the history of things. Understand that social justice is actually not a bad thing if you frame it in the right way. If you frame it in virtue and truth and understanding, if you are actually going for justice, mercy, and walking humbly with your God, then I think that you can have me on your side for the social justice. I think those, there's good things that can come out of it. I think we need to learn from people on these things. Brett Weinstein had a, on his Dark Horse podcast, had a panel of black intellectuals in a round table. And it was fantastic. I, I watched the entire thing. And he had a whole bunch of people, including Glenn Lowry, Camille Foster, Chloe Valdry, and a bunch of others. It's a fantastic thing. I'd encourage you to go and look for it. It's um, um, came out on July 13th, Brett Weinstein's Dark, Park, Pod, Pod, Dark Horse Podcast, Black and Electoral Roundtable. It's a fantastic thing to read. And you'll realize that not everybody is in lockstep with the social justice mindset. Not everybody on the left agrees with reparations or the things that BLM is saying. We need to hear more perspectives. We need, and I didn't know hardly any of these people up until a few days ago. So I'm, I'm learning myself. I'm, I'm trying to advance myself and trying to understand culture. I'm trying to understand if there really is a problem, how can I be better? If I'm a part of the problem, how can I be part of the solution? So learning from history, learning and moving forward, I think is the best way to go about it. But canceling somebody because you don't agree with them, whatever. That, I mean, just, just, just this, is, this is getting old and tired. Being called a racist because I don't vote for whoever. And again, I'll tell you, I haven't voted. I never voted for Trump. I didn't vote for Hillary either. According to some people, I threw away my vote. <laughs> I voted for somebody else. I'm not the biggest fan. In fact, I'm not a fan of Trump. But I'm not going to call him out to be canceled. I think there's things that needs to be called out that he does completely wrong. And I think there's things that he's done well that should be called out. And I would say that for Obama that he did some things that were good, a lot of terrible things, and more and more is emerging as we go on, of things that were like, holy crap, he really did that. He was really involved with this. Obamagate, if you just ha look at that hashtag on Twitter, you can find all kinds of things. It's amazing. It's quite astonishing, all the things that is starting to emerge. So should we go back and cancel all the things that that's recent history? I think we can still hold people accountable. If they did, did wrong, hold them accountable. If Trump does something, does, has done something wrong, hold them accountable. 
If he's broken the law in some way, hold him accountable. 100%. I was massively concerned with him coming into the office. I was massively concerned with Obama going into office because of the things that they said going in. People, when they want power, will tell you the truth and what they want. So I was concerned in all fronts. In hindsight, I'm massively concerned about the things that President Bush did. Patriot Act is terrible. Let's cancel. Let's cancel. If anything we can cancel, let's cancel the Patriot Act. Patriot Act. Unprecedented power without due process. It's insane. The FISA warrant stuff, all of these things, the, the spying on American citizens. There's just a, an amazing amount of things that are baffling to me and how we've allowed and we've just ceded power and authority to government. Can we cancel the idea that Trump is bad so we should and government is bad under Trump, but somehow it's going to be mysteriously better under somebody else? How does that just magically happen? That's what I kept saying after I understood how bad the Patriot Act was, guys, 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 don't don't give up this this power. Don't give government this power because somebody else is going to be in there that's going to potentially abuse it. Turns out Obama did abuse it in the FISA warrants and all these things. Very bad. Doesn't matter who's in office. Anybody with that amount of authority can and probably will abuse it. It's not a good thing to give up that much. So let's cancel those things. Let's go back and fix wrongs if we can. But don't just be a lemming and clack out some stuff and put a black bar on your on your thing thinking it's whatever. And you know why? Because that rings true of something that I hated at the time. I hated, hated with a passion. You know what I hate, hated, guys? The ice bucket challenge. <clears throat> Again, something that started out of good intentions. It started with a man who had ALS. Did you even remember what, what it was before I said ALS? What it was drawing attention to? The ice bucket challenge started with a man just trying to bring awareness and raise some funds. That man died, actually. In uh, 2019, end of 2019. But you had all the people, and then all the famous people, and Bill Gates, and everybody, I'm raising funds. And it became the black square of today, right? Everybody had to post that they were doing the ice bucket challenge. And then, even, you know, so then I was called out three or four times by people, you do the ice bucket challenge. And then when you started looking into it, were people actually giving money when they did this? That was the whole point. Hey, I'm going to give $25. I challenge you three to give $25 or $50. But in doing it, put the ice on your head. And it was a fun phenomenon spreading through whatever. But it became a, are we part of the herd? Are we part of the culture? Are we part of this? And if you didn't, it really became kind of interesting. I chose not to participate because I didn't like being forced into 
something. I felt that it was weird that people are calling me out to do this. Like, I will not give in to Facebook terrorists. I think I posted a meme saying that. (laughs) I wasn't going to give in to herd mentality. It was a great cause. Started out with a fantastic cause, but it became a look at me, I'm part of the group. And we are doing that same exact thing with the cancel culture. If you are not in line with BLM, who has raised $1.6 billion off of this, but it's for black lives. No, they're Marxists. Just read what they say, read their website. Read what they're trying to do. People, if you have put a Black Lives BLM in your profile or a square or whatever, I understand that you're just trying to say that I'm not a racist or I am I am in support of things need to get better. If that's all you're saying, I, I can get on board with that. But you're, without knowing, you're, being a, you're a, aligning yourself with a movement that is anti-family read their website they are trying to dismantle the patriarchy of the of the family that's one of their stated goals they're anti-god they're anti-business but they are going to demand fealty from coke and facebook and look at the what happened with facebook when they were too slow it's not even that they weren't doing anything wrong or doing what the left says. Of course they are. They're an extraordinarily liberal company. But they weren't doing anything fast enough for the left. And so they got canceled and they lost billions of dollars. Billions. Head Facebook nerd lost like $7 billion or something crazy with his, with his stock. I mean, just think about that. If you don't bow to us, we are going to kill you financially as a company. And you see the riots. If you don't bow to us, if you don't do what we say, there are people literally dying as a result of these riots. But the only thing you hear from the news is when the cops intervene and somebody gets punched or shot by a cop. And we may need to look at those and say, hey, let's, let's see these circumstances and maybe the cop was wrong. But we also need to be calling out the deaths. I think right now there's 11 people that have been killed as a result of these riots. Are we talking about that? Are we canceling the people that did this? I don't think so. It's not what we do. Apparently not what the, the, the newspapers and the CNNs of the world do. But they'll call out some right-wing individual for whatever reason. Because it serves their need. It serves their agenda. <laughs> Guys, you can find me online at Paul Procise. Pretty much anywhere. So Twitter and Parler and 
all the places. I think I'm on Gab. I don't. I haven't done anything on Gab yet, but I think I have a profile. If you want to find me there, you can. Find me on paul.locals.com. This might be my last podcast. I might have been canceled already, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think we'll get through this. We just need to start calling out the things and be truthful. Guys, my name's Paul. You guys have a great day.